Hi there listeners. Welcome to episode 31 of Never on the Backfoot podcast. I would like to apologize in advance for the delay in publishing this episode as owing to my exams I could not write the episode and publish it as soon as the match proceedings were done. But the first break definitely helped me reflect and plan on some very exciting topics ahead for you listeners. But for now, let's just relive and enjoy what a fantastic win India registered. After England won the toss and elected to bat first, the visitors were expected to make a good start and capitalize as much as they could, making it difficult, you know, for India to qualify ahead, considering they were already out of reckoning for the World Test Championship. Let's start our discussion with England's batting. Agonizingly enough for England throughout the series the problem has been spin and their downfall and Akshar Patel made the most of it getting the openers out early before Mohammad Siraj took the crucial wickets of Root and Bairstow putting India in a very commanding position yet again as England was tottering at 78 for 4 just after lunch break Ben Stokes scored a decent half century a knock of 55 that helped England at a time when Ashwin and Akshar were surprisingly finding it difficult to get into their usual groove Washington Sundar I think got the much needed breakthrough you know when he got Ben Stokes wicket to end a partnership that was flowering and could potentially be dangerous for India Ollie Pope and Dan Lawrence looked very good at the crease but again the spin duo brought back their magical spells to wrap the England innings up at 205 posty on day 1 Let's now focus on India's batting India lost Shubman Gill yet again very early in the innings to Jimmy Anderson but Cheteshwar Pujara and Rohit Sharma showed the required resilience to take India safely to 24 for 1 at the end of day 1 and they looked forward to make the most of this as a significant lead on day 2 would also be very helpful and considering we had the exceptional batting talent to follow a lot was expected India resumed day 2 for 24 for 1 and added 270 runs throughout the day's play however we did not have the desired start as England picked up 3 wickets in the first session Rohit Sharma was just setting into his innings and England subsequently picked up the wickets of Virat Kohli for 0, Pujara for 17 and Rahane for 27 in the first innings itself as India headed to lunch at 84-4. Rahane was Anderson's 900th international wicket as the England legend joined an elite list of bowlers with 900 international scalps. Resuming post lunch Rohit Sharma was joined by Rishabh Pant at the wicket the duo added 41 runs before Rohit Sharma was undone by a classy in swinger by Ben Stokes having top scored with the bat in England's first innings as well Stokes was on fire he got the crucial wickets of Virat Kohli and Rohit Sharma in this innings Ashwin then joined Pant at the wicket and added 25 runs before he was dismissed by Jack Leach Even though wickets around Rishabh Pant were falling he was still going well. He was now joined by Washington Sundar as India went to tea on 153 for 6 in 62 overs. In the final session Rishabh Pant brought up a well-made 50 and with Sundar also forging a 50 run stand in 100 balls it was certainly some exciting things lined up. While the partnership was growing the England bowlers were starting to get very frustrated under the sun at Motera and it was very evident in their body language. 
After the 80th over, we could see that Joe Root was trying to enforce some new changes. He took the new ball and brought back James Anderson into the attack in the search of some reverse swing and additional wickets. Opposite to what he thought, Rishabh Pant actually took him on and played two of the most extravagant shots in the same over. He first stepped out and hit him for a boundary over mid-off and in the very next ball, he reverse swept the legendary pacer to the latter's disbelief. It was certainly the shot of the series. The Indian wicketkeeper batsman was ultimately dismissed for 101 just after he got to the three-figure mark. India scored 141 runs in the final session as they ended on 294 for 7 with a lead of 89 runs over England's first inning score. The England bowlers were made to work extremely hard. They hardly had any energy left by the end of day's play. Anderson and Stokes bowled as many as 42 overs together while Jack Leach bowled 23. Dom Bess had an off day as he just bowled 15 overs and he gave away like 56 runs. Joe Root tried to, you know, cover up for Bess's bowling by bowling those 14 overs, but it just costed them 46 runs in the process. Akshar Patel and Washington Sundar took India safely to the stumps and kicked off the proceedings on the third day. Washington Sundar played some shots that left everyone in awe, while Akshar Patel gave a true account of himself with the bat. He was outstanding and we got to see some wide array of shots and the partnership was building up beautifully. Now, with Washington Sundar on 96, an unfortunate run-out meant Akshar Patel had to go back. And then India lost three wickets and six balls in a heartbreak, you know, for the wonderful all-rounder from Tamil Nadu in this case, Washington Sundar, as he ended up being strangled at the other end on just 96, four runs short of what would have been a delightful century, much to the delight of his father as well, as the Indian innings ended at 365 with a humongous lead of 160 runs. England was back, perhaps with a mission to actually salvage the match, counter the deficits and put up a respectable total, but their struggles against spin continued. Zach Crawley and Johnny Bairstow fell together in an over to Ashwin, while Shubman Gill ensured that his brilliant fielding got Tom Sibley out. The writing was on the wall, as Ben Stokes and Ollie Pope were also dismissed cheaply by Akshar Patel before Ashwin put the final nail in the English coffin after getting root out LBW. Ben Fox and Dom Bess's wickets ensured that Akshar Patel got another five-wicket haul, much to the joy of his captain, who was eager to finish the game quickly. Dan Lawrence showed great determination and grit trying to counter the Indian bowling as he scored a 50 missing out in the last innings but Ashwin wrapped up the tail with him as well ending up with 5 wickets as the English batting collapsed rather conventionally as expected for 135 and gave India a massive victory by an innings and 25 runs. Rishabh Pant was adjudged the man of the match for his heroics and yet another mind-blowing knock of 101. And with 32 wickets in his kitty and a century to his name, our evergreen match winner Ravi Chandran Ashwin was awarded the man of the series quite deservingly. And what a fitting way, you know, for India to make it to the World Test Championship Finals facing New Zealand in what promises to be a cracker of a final. Considering how the teams have fared so far, making mincemeat of their opponents on the lead-up to this final. There has undoubtedly been so much of hue and cry surrounding the pitch. 
from cricket pundits to England cricket fans, multiple fingers have been raised against the Indian cricket authorities for bad pitches, resulting in England's poor performance. But the Indians clearly didn't face any such problems. The ICC also released the ratings for the pitches used in the series, and the track for the pink ball test in Ahmedabad has received an average rating by ICC and has managed to escape sanctions after the game got over in like two days. If the Ahmedabad pitch in the third test had been rated poor, it would have meant three demerit points. Now, what does this mean? The accumulation of five such points across a five-year period would have resulted in a 12-month ban on hosting any international cricket games at the venue. The unfit rating is accorded in very severe circumstances and in this case, the match can be considered as won by the visiting team. Some English experts called the one in the second test as a lottery and even a disgrace. In reply to this, we do need some retrospection from the critics, you know, who pointed out to the green tops we usually find in England. It's unfortunate to hear such things about our pitches when the problem clearly lies with the visitors who are not applying themselves, clearly causing their downfall. To basically conclude what has been a fantastic test season, we certainly have a lot of positives to take away from the series, right from uncovering so many youngsters who are absolute superstars. They've shown their promising talent and will help form the core of this test team and our bench strength is also one among the many things we have to celebrate. The duo of Ravi Shastri and Virat Kohli combined to lead India and they simply cannot be credited enough. For them, test cricket has always been the pinnacle and their approach to ensure that India produces and dominates as the best test team in the world is for everyone to see. Taking the losses in their stride, among the string of criticisms that they are often subjected to, Shastri and Kohli have incorporated, strategized and produced a quality side that is simply so confident and on any given day can cripple the hopes of their opposition. Battling through the embarrassing 36 for 9, to the highs of GABA and the class act at Motera, Team India has always managed to fight back and have someone rescue the team when they most needed it. We've also seen how the conventionally typecasted T20 superstars showcase their innate skill for test cricket, how the tail managed to always chip in and with the bowlers making the most of the conditions and the batsmen raising their game every single time, we have so much to you know reflect from what a class outfit we are in the whites and we saw how uh, opponents literally left them bruised and battered. So many former cricketers questioned their skills and approach, yet the tirade of memes and criticism from the fans didn't stop our players. Also, I think it becomes important to note how the Anil Kumble-led committee changed the rules midway through the World Test Championship that actually made it tough for India to enter the finals despite leading the points table. We have been sledged, racially abused, we have lived in a bio-bubble for almost 8 months and this certainly has you know, ramifications on our players. But the zeal for success amidst all this chaos, our team has emerged as an inspiration to all of us undoubtedly. We saw a side that refused to get intimidated, make excuses and what a brilliant way to you know, culminate the test season as I previously mentioned as well. And we saw plenty of action, drama, ups and downs but most importantly a lot of reflections, learnings and so much more to take away. We also got a whole generation invested and interested in this beautiful format, the pinnacle of it all, test cricket.
after that impactful end of how test cricket is the pinnacle and how special this test season has been i'd like to draw curtains on this episode i'd also like to thank you all for ardently supporting my blog and this podcast it really gives me the strength and the zeal to keep working and delivering quality content to you all a heartfelt thank you if you're on instagram please do check out at the rate never on the back foot for the latest facts trivia quizzes terminology and a lot more the podcast is also available on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify anchor overcast and a lot of other platforms so choose your preferred platform and spread the word also feel free to share your thoughts and suggestions for the already published 30 episodes and yeah this is 31 and recommendations for future topics do share this widely and your support is really appreciated thank you so much if you've made it till here see you next time listeners stay safe and take care bye for now